Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello, everyone. This is Rick Thomas, and we're doing Life Over Coffee. I have a question that I would love for you to think about and actually answer if you don't mind. And the question is, what makes Life Over Coffee different from other training organizations? Now, before moving on, would you just pause the tape to answer my question and to see how well you understand our purpose at this ministry, what we are about? Or maybe, depending on your answer, I need to improve how I communicate our mission to you and and to everyone else. I mean, of all the acronyms in the biblical counseling movement, there is ABC and AACC and ACBC and CCEF and so forth and so on. The question is, what makes us, Life Over Coffee, different from them? I want to answer that question over the next few moments, and I trust that you have paused the tape and that you have an answer already formulated in your mind, and I would love to know if your answer corresponds with what I'm going to share with you. Recently, I've been reading the book Zero to One by Peter Till. Peter Till started PayPal with Elon Musk back in around 1999, and he is a venture capitalist. I heard Peter Till speak in an interview not so long ago, and I thought, you are an interesting fellow, and I I like how you think about things, and I love people that provoke me to think, whether they're secular or, or sacred. And so as I was listening to him, someone recommended the book Zero to One, and so I started listening to it, and I went through it at least five times, and I made just copious notes. And so I want to share some of the things that I retained from that book as I run it through a biblical filter, specifically thinking about our ministry And I trust that this will be beneficial to you, and I hope that it will clearly communicate what we are really about. Peter Thiel talked about in his book, Zero to One, what makes a company stand out, an organization that excels because it is different from all the other organizations. He says that if you are copying everyone else, then you are just like them, and you'll you'll learn nothing new. You will drown in a sea of sameness. It will be repetitive redundancy. And so his premise is that if we we do what we already know how to do, then we're taking the world from one to in, one to nothing. But suppose we are doing something others in our demographic— in my case, in the biblical counseling movement, are not doing, generally speaking. In that case, if you differentiate yourself from other organizations, then you're not moving horizontally like the rest, but you're going from zero to one because you are adding to what everyone else is doing. Going from zero to one, you're adding more to something that is familiar. Maybe you can think of it in marketing terms. It is new and improved. Going from zero to one, it is an act of a singular, one-time, never-repeated event. It's new. It's different. Every created thing is a particular act. 
a singular event like the moment of creation. You see, God went from zero to one in Genesis 1 and 2, giving us something new, something fresh, something never known. If we cannot go from zero to one, we will stagnate, we will bloat ourselves in sameness, and eventually we will fail because there is no ongoing improvement. Companies that don't create something new will blend into the fabric of redundancy and eventually lose force and focus, leading to inevitable failure. Similar to our sanctification, maybe you could think about it in that framework. We cannot be static beings. We are new creations. God brought us from zero, our old selves, to one, another one-time creative act that is unique to us at our new birth. And there is a call on our lives to keep adding to our uniqueness, creating something strange, something different, something compelling, something invigorating. The Christian that goes to N is not learning, but copying or imitating what everybody else is doing. They are lacking imagination. I mean, perhaps they are not a Christian at all. I, I don't know. Thus, the question is, what makes us different from the other acronyms in the biblical counseling movement. Why is our biblical counseling ministry not like the rest? But we continue to explore how to add to the same old, same old to become new and improved. And so if you could, if you haven't already, pause the tape. How would you answer that question? You see, best practices lead to dead ends. This is what Peter Till was teaching in his book, Zero to One, and I do believe that. The best paths are new and untried. Best practices are the things that we know to be true, the things that we know to be accurate. That's why we call them to the best practices. So we implement those best practices because others have demonstrated their worth. The problem with best practices is they become ritualistic, maybe even religious. They can become spiritless there's no pneumatis. There's no invigorating, empowering of the Spirit that moves us forward, ever-increasing, ever-growing. Spiritless, because learning and imagining and exploring and failing and succeeding, those things cease. So we paint by numbers, playing it safe. Best practices at best are horizontal building stones but not a vertical edifice. If you're starting a ministry, and again, I am, I am thinking specifically about a biblical counseling ministry, but this applies across the board. Implementing all the best practices that others are doing, then you have not distinguished yourselves from them, but you are imitating them. You are adding to the redundancy. Those practices will take you as far as it has taken them. But why should anyone want what you offer? You're not distinguishing yourself from the pack by providing something so different and compelling that folks desire what you offer because they want to grow beyond the status quo. Let me illustrate. In the 80s, 
IBM ruled the computer world with its mainframes. You remember the mainframe computer? It took up an entire room. Then came the PC. It became the new king of the hill. Not because it was different. I mean, the PC was different than the mainframe computer. But the real issue is it was better than the mainframe. And then in the mid-aughts in 2007 came the mobile phone, supplanting the PC as the ubiquitous device of choice for the masses. Whether it's a business or a ministry or whether it's our own sanctification, there must be stepping stones to something better, something taller, because it is inherent in us from our Creator to build. Now, in this case, again, I'm speaking of our ministry. Why do we work at not being like every other biblical counseling acronym? The answer to the question that I have been asking you is that we're not just a training organization that provides counseling information for Christians. Oh yeah, we are like every biblical counseling organization in the sense that we do teach, we do train, we do equip, and we give data on all things counseling, just like the other acronyms, but we do one thing more. We want to go from zero to one. And so what we do is we take information from its classical context information from the academy. When I talk about classical knowledge or the classical context, I'm talking about teaching in the classroom. I'm talking about the academy. And so we take all the training that everybody else teaches and we work it into the unique person. We develop them into an original person that is different from all the other counselors in the world because they are unique. And so we take information, the training, sound biblical counseling training that most other sound acronyms provide. We do that. And then we make it unique in an original context, a unique person according to their unique skills, their talents, their gift mix, and their abilities. Now, all biblical counseling organizations provide education. And of course, they are primarily informational. But rather than being like them, we customize the academic to the person, helping them to mature into the best disciple maker that they possibly can be that will be unlike every other disciple maker in the world because they are unique. You see, there is a fatal flaw in most academic training. And that is, it is informational to the student, but is not transformational. I mean, other than the passive change that happens from anyone that is, that is in a learning environment. I mean, there, there would be many of you that would say that I have received certification in biblical counseling. I have an MA and B in biblical counseling as I have. And I would say that that was transformation as much as informational training in the academy can be transformational. Just the passive learning that happens by sitting in an academic environment. But informational only is not transformational to the extent that it could be if that training was customized to the unique disciple maker or biblical counseling.
Now, within this ministry and to our community, they are familiar with the language, classical knowledge, and original knowledge. I talk about that often. The former, classical knowledge, it is the data that you get in a classroom, and it is absolutely essential absolutely foundational. I don't want you to hear that I'm throwing away classical training. I'm throwing away the informational aspect to our biblical counseling training. I am not. However, it takes more than classical training to become a good disciple maker because classical training is theoretical informational learning. It's similar to any classical training that you could receive. For example, you can learn how to be a farmer by going to school, and you'll learn a lot in the academic environment. You can learn how to take pictures by understanding the mechanics of a camera, by going down to the technical college or watching endless YouTube videos, even to the point to where you could stand in front of someone and teach them the ins and outs of farming or teach them how to, how to take pictures. But your training will be limited in both the agricultural sphere and also in the photography sphere because there's no field experience. Biblical counseling organizations can only provide you with instruction, and then sometimes they add artificially limited and inferior practicums like case studies. And what I mean by artificially limited or inferior practicums is that you can do a case study as you read this scenario, this pericope about some situation. You read it and you answer questions. That's an artificial case study that really doesn't tax you and it doesn't challenge you as though you were sitting in front of someone who did not like what you were saying, and they rebutted it or rejected it or asked additional questions. Or as one of my counseling situations was uh, uh, several years ago where the lady stood up right in the middle of marriage counseling and slung her purse against the wall, rattling my wall. A picture almost came down. That is not artificially limited or an inferior practicum that you would learn in the classroom. No, that is out in the field, and you can only get that experience by being in the field, experiencing something that is unique. Informational training in what most biblical counseling organizations provide or what they can't provide, they cannot mentor you in the field for years providing unique analysis, insight, customized care, and specific training in the real milieu in which you live. We walk out of the classroom with our community, and we come alongside our community in whatever discipleship endeavors that they may be in, and we peer over their shoulders as they hold the camera and we coach them according to their knowledge, their strengths, their weaknesses. The best that most organizations can do is to provide you with continuing education units, which is continuing classical information that packs more information into your brain. But it doesn't take you into account. I mean, they can provide you with the latest data on the most current crisis in the church, 
We need to equip our team in the best practices for abuse. Well, that is something that we need training in. And so they build a CEU on abuse, and everyone gets the information. But what is wrong with that model? Well, the implication is that everyone will get the data, no matter how good the, the data is, and the assumption is that, that they have trained their folks. They do not have the training they need because there is no skill assessment over an extended period. There is no quality control to ensure that every person in the room who received the training can administer the education in the field according to the unique situation that they are in. At best, they can only give you classical CEU, generalized data, but they can't follow up. They don't follow up, and so there's no quality control. It's a tragic mistake because we can tick the box and we can say that we have provided this training in the year of our Lord, 2023, and we can feel satisfied even thinking that our counselors are equipped and then the Another organization comes in and they, they look into our training and they say, yes, you have provided so many CEUs, and so we check that box. But is that actual training? How do you know that training is working in the field to the 500 different people who have received that training? Again, there's no quality quality control. And that is how the American education system works. Let's give them the data, and let's assume post-graduation from high school that they will excel because they have passed all the exams, they have ticked every box, and they have graduated. The truth is most of them will not succeed because proper training does not work that way. Let's suppose that you are a pastor and you have received your MDiv or classical training to become a pastor. Now you are in your first pastorate out in the field. You're being field tested. Do you have all the training that you need? Well, you probably have as much academic ed education as you need, assuming that you are a lifetime learner and you will continue to learn academically all along the way. And so there is no urgency or no fretting about not having enough classical training. However, there is another problem. You have not been field tested. Every pastor knows this because what you learn academically in a controlled classroom full of fellow Elishas, it plays out much differently when you're in the wilderness with a unique, unique problem that is different from every other Elisha that was in that classroom. And even if you had a case study, you now know that that case study that you took in a classical environment was insufficient. You now realize that it would have been best if I, had, if I just had an Elijah, if I had an experienced mentor with whom that I could talk it out with. And I'm not merely suggesting problem-solving the situation at hand. Of course, you want an Elijah to come alongside you to help you with that unique counseling situation that you're struggling with. But that's not all the care that you need outside of the classroom. 
You need to have someone that can speak into your life too, not just the context that you are ministering to. Such questions as, how gifted are you at the task? Has someone come alongside you and they have discerned your capacity and they have recognized that maybe this is a mismatch for you and and you should not be in a formalized counseling context because you don't have the capacity now. You may never have that capacity or you could grow into that capacity sometime in the future. So it's not just that Elijah customizing care to the people that you're counseling, but also customizing care for your unique soul. What do you know? What do you now know? And and what do you have the capacity to mature into the best Elijah that you can be? Where is your knowledge base now and what can it grow into into the future? How is your soul under the weight of the problems in your pastorate? How are you reacting to the various situations that are coming upon you like waves of the ocean? And by the way, how are you leading your family? Are your family members okay? How do you know? Who affirms how you are doing? Does your spouse agree with you? Are you managing your time and prioritizing your family over your work? So much more cannot be gained in a classical setting where we're just teaching information, making traditional biblical counseling training insufficient. Having a certificate means something, and it really does, and I am not trivializing that at all. But having a certificate in counseling is a drop in the bucket compared to what a biblical counselor needs. It takes five years of counseling daily to mature into what you should be as a counselor. Now, that's assuming that you are counseling daily. When I started a counseling ministry in the late 90s, I was counseling every day, Monday through Friday, multiple times, hundreds and hundreds of hours, which created, it took five to seven years for me to become comfortable doing biblical counseling at that pace. If you're only counseling one or two folks occasionally, I mean, you can expect 10 years to grow in your proficiency to get to the place to where you should be outside of the training that you have received. But that is assuming that someone is coming alongside you, caring for you outside of that academic setting. Our ministry stands out from almost every other acronym because we go from zero to one. Oh, yeah, we provide classical training through the articles that we write, the podcasts we produce, the videos that we create, the topical courses that we have. Monday through Friday, I do daily messages to our community. And then we have our mastermind program, too. But we add to all of that classical instruction for those who want ongoing mentoring. We have a community of friends at Life Over Coffee who want to know what all this education and biblical counseling means to them in real-world settings. And so they want to go beyond the classroom, and they want people to help them looking over their shoulders. And I'm not merely talking about how they can be better disciple-makers as measured by how they care 
for others. That's just an endpoint of how you care for others. But our training starts with the unique belief, discerning how God made that unique person, where they are in the sanctification process, their strengths, their weaknesses. And then from that point of character development, we track outward from where they are to how they can administer themselves to other people, the end point of actually doing counseling. It is thorough examination and assessment and ongoing coaching in an individual's life that goes far beyond an academic setting. Some folks in our community come to us with degrees in biblical counseling. Others come to us with certifications in biblical counseling. And then there are others who have years of experience in discipling. A few of those folks will enter into our Mastermind program, though we realize that our Mastermind program is not the best fit for everyone. And so we offer different original knowledge context for each person to learn according to their need. We have people in our ministry that have been in our community for a decade or more. They have never taken a topical course. They have never taken the Mastermind program. But they participate in our community, and they have grown tremendously according to their uniqueness outside of just receiving academic instruction. All of the training that I'm talking about with our ministry, it intersects in our private forums, our supporting community forum, where people support our ministry, they enter into this community, and they receive this training, and they can pick from a buffet of training options up to the Mastermind program. And we interact with each one of them daily. We treat no one the same because they are not the same. If the biblical counseling movement intends to survive, then it must figure out how to do more than just train people according to the principle of classical knowledge. Our American education system is an abysmal failure because of this approach, which is one reason school choice, including homeschooling, is a superb idea. Everyone is different. And if all we're going to do is flood the world with folks who have sat through classes, we'll never see the majority of them become all that they could be because nobody came alongside and asked the obvious question like in Acts 8 where Philip was asking the eunuch, do you understand what you are reading? The eunuch was receiving classical information as the book of Isaiah was open before him. He was reading it, but he did not understand it. He needed someone to come alongside him to move him from zero to one by adding to what he was learning by applying it uniquely to himself. Do you consider yourself skilled because you have received academic training? Perhaps you have a certificate that says you have finished a training regimen. That is fantastic. And that is something that you should celebrate. However, do you realize that a training regimen is a, a dedicated track that takes you down a predetermined pathway that does not consider you? All academic training or classical knowledge is formulaic. 
It is designed to give everyone the same information. That method would work well if we were computerized robots, data in, data out. But we're not robots. We're humans that God made in His image. And then there is an added twist. Not only are we made in the image of God, but we are totally depraved and we are uniquely fallen. Now consider that last part, uniquely fallen. Adam works differently in every person, all seven or eight plus billion of us. Nobody is the same. Knowing that you're different from everyone that you know, do you believe receiving the same training, the same degree, the same certificate as everyone else can accommodate your uniqueness? What about the unique context in which you live, the culture, the community, the country in which you live? How does the same training help you with these various hurdles? Of course, since each person is uniquely fallen, everyone who comes to you will be different from everyone else who comes to other counselors. If you all have the same academic training, what mechanisms will you employ to help you in your unique situations helping unique people? Some companies understand this problem that they it's called on-the-job training, and they realize this. Some of them let the newbie shadow a veteran for a season, recognizing that there is an issue here that they have to go beyond the classroom to get this person coached up so they can actually be useful within the organization. But even those things are limited because you don't learn well by watching. You learn by doing it yourself. Watching someone turn a wrench differs from bloodying your own knuckles because you did not hold it properly. Even in the major leagues, the pitchers have a pitching coach. Who is yours? Who is willing to come alongside you and to stay with you to help you take your education to the next level from zero to one? If you want to read what I've just shared with you, the, the title of it at lifeovercoffee.com is Why Our Ministry is Different from Other Counseling Ministries. We hold a high view for academic training. We want to be exemplary in teaching within the academic environment, but we recognize that that is limited and that each person needs unique, shaping, customized care, and that is what we offer. As people who come and participate in our community, we come alongside them according to their uniqueness. We put every individual in a unique silo with their name over it, and we discern and try to understand them so that we can love them and care for them according to what God is working in their lives. And so we want to cooperate with what God is doing. And we don't do that in a group context. We don't do that with continuing education, thinking that this broad-range training poured into everybody's brain is going to be administered the way it should be according to each student's uniqueness when they get out in the field. That is not how it works. That's not how academics should ever work.
And so if you're interested in our ministry and our training options, please check out lifeovercoffee.com. Some of you could just be part of our private community and learn as others have without ever taking a course. And then maybe some of you would like to take some of our topical courses or perhaps our mastermind program. You could just participate in our daily messages as I provide a video message five days a week and people respond to that, and we have ongoing conversations. That is one of our training mechanisms. We have a leaders over coffee context where an individual has their own thread, their unique thread with their name on it, John Doe, for example, and they keep that running thread throughout their time with us in this organization, and they ask us all sorts of questions, and it's like a running live journal that becomes a learning mechanism for them that is unique to them that is unlike any other person within our community that they have their own threads as well. Our ministry is different in that we not only provide exemplary education, but we add to it by customizing our care to the unique person who is in front of us. If you're interested in Life Over Coffee, please come over, uh, come into our coffee shop. We welcome you to our sanctification center. Enjoy. If you have any questions, please just hit the support link and say, hey, uh, could you direct me to a little bit more? I'd like to learn a little bit more, and we, we would love to serve you that way. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.